Welcome to Intersections, the RIT podcast. The path to a doctorate degree is certain to be academically rigorous, but for many students, it also presents personal challenges. Shahana Althoff, a graduating PhD student in RIT's Golisano Institute for Sustainability, talks with Associate Professor Callie Babbitt about how she overcame cultural pressures and the challenges of balancing home life with a young child to fulfill her dreams and earn her degree. So, Shahana, you're just a few weeks away from getting your PhD in sustainability. When you were a kid growing up, did you ever imagine that this one day might be the case? I knew I wanted to be an engineer as early as when I was in my eighth grade. I, because I loved mathematics and physics. And I, I knew that I wanted to teach too. But being born in a conservative Muslim family, a middle-class South Indian family, someone like me wouldn't even dare to dream about education in a foreign country like U.S. But I had to take a break in my education due to personal reasons. And by the time I was ready to go back to school, uh, we had moved to U.S. for my husband's work. So what were some of the formative experiences growing up that helped you know that you wanted to be an engineer or do something in science and engineering? My father, being an academic uh, professor turned journalist, he raised both of his girls, both me and my sister, with our education as the top priority. But then there's this fixed mindset in our culture that girls should get married by around 2022. So this was the case 10 to 15 years back. Now things have changed a bit. But then back then, when I was doing my undergrad degree, I knew that my parents are going to get me married right after that. And my future plans, whether to further my education or uh, follow the career path that I want to, would depend on uh, how supportive my future husband is. Luckily for me, it worked out fine and my husband was super supportive of my plans. It sounds like you've had a number of people in your life that have played an important role in supporting your development. You mentioned your husband and your father. Are there others? Yes, I was really good in academics when I was growing up. So my uncle gifted me this expensive watch when I finished my 10th grade and got into engineering. And I take it with me wherever I go. And when I took this long break in my studies due to my son's health and other reasons uh, for like eight years, this watch was with me and it stopped telling time. But then it reminded me how good I was in academics. And then I have to go back to school to finish my education where I want to finish it. So uh, there are many, many of my relatives and everybody supported me, actually. They kept on reminding me that, you, do you remember, even though you're busy with life, you have to go back and finish it how you wanted to do it. How has it been as a mom, both deciding to go back to grad school and then balancing the demands of a PhD along with having a family? Things did not go as I planned. We had to move a lot right after marriage for my husband's work for the first couple of years. And then when I conceived my son, I had health issues and the doctors advised me to stay in bed. I could only get up to have food or uh, use the uh, bathroom. And then when he, he was born, he had a lot of health issues. And the doctors didn't even give us assurance that he would survive the first six months. So he needed me. And at that point, I forgot everything. And I just wanted to be his mother and be by, be by his side. And uh, he's perfectly fine now. And by the time I, my life opened up a little, 
uh, we had moved to U.S. for my husband's work. And uh, that's when, when he started his preschool, that's when I decided to give my GRE. And to be honest, I gave the GRE exam just to show myself that I can do good in an exam again. By that time, eight years had passed and I was over 30. So when I gave the exam, I got a really good score. And uh, again, it took some convincing from my husband that it, I'm ready to chase my dreams. And he, my son is going to preschool. Now I can get back to master's or whatever I wanted to do before. So that's how I uh, decided to apply to RIT and... Um, I got admission for master's in telecommunication engineering. That's how I got back to school. And how did you make your way into sustainability? Because you've had a definitely, you know, we always have such interesting stories of students who might have started in one field, like engineering, electrical engineering, and telecommunications, and now sustainability. So my undergrad was in electronics and communication engineering, and my master's was in telecommunication engineering. So those years I studied how to engineer new technology to make people's lives better. But then I always wondered the environmental implications of these new technological innovations in terms of resource uh, use or waste generation from these new technologies. I was super excited when I got to know that you're doing research in electronics. And here I am going to finish my PhD in sustainability. So you've been um, doing an excellent job for the last few years, um, and we've gotten a lot of great visibility and a lot of broad interest in the research that we've been doing. What has it been like balancing your role at home, your work at home as a mom, and then your work at RIT as a PhD student? For me, uh, since I returned to school after eight years, uh, this was tough during my master's time. Because during my undergrad, we used to have written assignments and we didn't use internet that much. But uh, by the time I joined RIT, it was such a rigorous program with lots of assignments and everything was online. And all my classmates were like seven, eight years younger than me. And uh, I lacked the basic computer skills even. So I had to catch up and catch up fast. I worked so hard that uh, trying to catch up, I did so great. I got, I finished with a 4x4 GPA. My professors let me work with them as research assistant and teaching assistant. And I got a lot of research experience and everything. And at that time, my son had uh, early intervention services. And that means that every day we had at least two therapists visiting our home, uh, occupational therapists, speech therapists. So, and I didn't have a driver's license. So I had to take the bus from home to school to attend lectures and go home to be with, to work with the therapist because my son needed me to support them. Of course, my husband was there, but still it was extremely hectic. So after that, even though PhD and working with the industry even though it was stressful working for the industry-funded research, it wasn't as bad as during my master's time. I was able to balance both work and my family life. But then, as you know, a PhD student's work never ends. You can always do better. So there is this academic guilt when I'm spending too much time with my family. And then there is this parenting guilt when I'm working extra hours. So that's there. I think every mom who works would have such a guilt. I think you surely can relate with that. Definitely. I always struggle with the idea of work-life balance, especially my own health and, and well-being, that of my family, that of my students, who I think about almost as like an, an extended family, and then the quality and the productivity as the work, you know, overall. 
you've been such a great mentor as a not just academically but as a woman scientist how to behave and how to be persistent and uh, you know how to find the right balance when you're managing such stressful work and um, having a family with a toddler or a small kid gas has such a great female faculty us female students we cannot help but be inspired by how beautifully you manage the work life balance i see all this and i think that every person has their own story people suffer setbacks in life but then you need to at least hang in there and then come back when the time is right and don't try to just survive but show people that i've converted that into a fuel for my success you're doing work that has the attention of a global audience you have manufacturers of TVs and computers and all of these consumer electronics that we love recyclers policymakers all reading and and being interested in the findings that you have have published what has that been like It is so exciting to be involved in such impactful research. Usually PhD students do not have this chance to communicate their research findings to people who can really make the difference, you know. For us since this research is funded by the Consumer Technology Association which involves recyclers, product manufacturers and NGOs, we have this opportunity to translate our research to industry reports and uh, communicate with them. I'm super I tell my husband that the Samsung vice president of uh, Samsung or uh, Best Buy, they would be reading my report and um, recently the state of Oregon used our research findings to set their e-waste collection targets. So this is great. I over these years I learned how important it is to do this. Do you have any plans or hopes to bring your research findings to you, the area that you're from? So India being a developing country there's a lot of opportunity to establish sustainability in- initiatives in different sectors including the consumer electronics waste management sector. One thing I want to do is communicate through um, news articles and I plan to go back and be involved in teaching and involved in non-profit organizations to convert these ideas into actions. Thanks for listening to Intersections the RIT podcast. production of RIT Marketing and Communications. New episodes debut on the 1st and 3rd Thursdays of each month. Subscribe to Intersections on iTunes and tune in or visit us at www.soundcloud.com/rittigers. For more about our university, visit www.rit.edu.